How's everybody doing tonight? Well, it's, uh, I'm pumped. I'm excited. Uh, you're probably wondering, uh, why does he have so much energy right now? Uh, what just happened a few minutes ago? Just that pumped me up. I don't know why. I'm like, you know, that's like, makes blood go through my veins. I don't know. It's, it's good. Plus, I just came back um, from my son's soccer game, so that got me pumped up, too. They won, so that's a good thing, yeah. right? So, uh, <clears throat> and, and it's, uh, it's pretty incredible because... I was able to go uh, right before, you know, and Thursday, it's uh, one of the busiest days uh, for me, but it is so cool because I get the, the opportunity to spend a few minutes with my son, which I never see him on Thursday, so I got, I got to go, and, uh, and it is cool because then the team takes it on. Can we give it up for the team? We have an incredible team here, and um, Gary and the team, I mean, just it's just like, allows me, and I was just coming in, I was like, man, I'm so excited, I'm so grateful, and I come here and just be able to spend time with you guys. Uh, in the Word of God. So are you guys ready to get in the Word of God tonight? Yes, yes good. Um, so we all know someone. We all know someone has been the series of, of, of this month, and, and it is cool to just see things unraveled, and, and when we plan it, you know, it's been, this is week number five. Probably this is the longest uh, thing we've ever done in the college ministry, and it is cool to see like every single uh, message that has taken place until now. Garrett, uh, in week number one, how many of you guys were in week number one of this year? Raise your hand. There you go. It's okay. If you don't, if, if you don't raise your hand, we're not going to judge you, okay? Um, but Garrett spoke that he, he, he talked about before we even speak a word, right? Garrett said, before we even say something, we got to know two things. We got to know the message, and we got to know the assignment. And it was an incredible message. And then we go into week number two, right? And we talked about the response, right? The response that, that a prophet of God had, and he, he said, hey, here I am. Send me, Alex, three responses. Okay. Jonah said. Here I am, I'm not going. Moses said. And then who said, here I am, God, send me? Isaiah. I said, good job. Give it up for Alex. He pay attention. We have a hundred dollar gift. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we like, oh my gosh, you're paying attention to that. And then we talked about one of the qualities that we need in order for us to share the good news of Jesus Christ, and that was just boldness, right? And then last week, uh, uh, my good friend Blake Russell, anybody was here uh, last week? I know that was a, such a blessing, yeah. And, and we got to just encourage you, and we, we were able just to hopefully put some fire inside of you to go and to know that the mission at hand is bigger than ourselves. And so tonight, I want to finish our message with with. With probably, um, uh, with probably one of my favorite stories of the Bible. And I say that, I say that often, but this has truly become one of my favorite stories. And, and I've titled my messages, if you're taking notes very quick, uh, What You Really Need. That's my title of my message tonight. What you really need. Tell the person next to you, what you really need. What you really need. Um, I want to stay in one accord with, with the message that our pastor has been doing. Uh, he, he actually preached it uh, last week. Uh, how many of you guys were at church last weekend? With, and the message Pastor Brain gave, right? He was an incredible message. He preached on how far are you willing to go. And, he, and, and I'm going to teach out of the same story tonight, but from a different perspective, a different view. That's, that's how I love about the Bible, that you can get one story, but you can get different views and different points, and we can get uh, something that will really, I believe, would change your life. How many of you guys are willing for Jesus just to change you a little bit more tonight? Yeah, I know I am. I am. And this is, this is one of those messages that is very simple, very simple, okay? 
And I want you to pay attention to that because there's one question I want you to ask. And uh, before we ask you that question, I want us to read uh, Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, and, and that's where we're going to be hanging out today. And, and this is in the New Testament, and, and, and here's what's happening, okay? Jesus had returned to, the, to his headquarters. That was Capernaum. And, and, and so Jesus returns to his, to his headquarters. Now he's gaining some popularity. Everybody's getting to know who Jesus really is, and so, and so he returns to, to, to his headquarters, and, and this was his home base, and he essentially was teaching at a very, very large group of, 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 of life groups. Let's put it life groups, right? They meet at homes, and, and so this was, he was teaching in, in a house, and it was just packed, packed, and, and look what Mark chapter 2 says. Uh, when Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Uh, soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, uh, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. And when they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus, oh, and they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to them, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. Would you pray with me tonight? Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight, Lord, with, uh, uh, with hearts wide open, Lord. I speak against any distractions that, we may, come, that may come in this room tonight, Lord. I know that, that there's a, a lot of fun things going tonight, but... Honestly, we need, a, we need an encounter with your presence, Jesus, just like this guy did, God. This man did not know, God, that, that yes, he came to ask for something, God, but, but he got something even better. So I pray, God, that in the next few minutes that your, your spirit will go forth, God, that, that you will give me their words, God, to, to tell the, your people, your kids that you love so dearly, Lord. I make myself available, God. I'm just a, a, a simple human, God. There's nothing special about me, God, but I just make myself available so that you can speak through me, Lord. So for the next few minutes, God, please remove any types of distractions, God, and let us encounter you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So today, I want to show you different types of people that we find in this story. And, and, and if we pay close attention to this story, there's, there's different types of people. And, and, and the reality is that you and I can probably relate to one of these people. You and I are probably one of these people. And so... Uh, for the next five minutes, I just want to show you five, okay? Say five, 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 five different types of people. And, and when, when, as I'm going through this type of people, I just want to ask you, I want you to ask yourself one simple question, okay? Ready for the question? Who am I? Internally, as we go through these types of people, it's very simple tonight. I just want you to truly ask yourself this question. Who am I? Okay, is that good? Is that good? You don't have to tell anybody. I'm not going to make you share anything. So, so don't be scared of being real, okay? In order for there to be transformation in your life, you just have to come to a point where you just become real to yourself, okay? Not to somebody else. I know that's hard. I know that's a different step. But the first step is this. Just be sincere with yourself and be honest with where you are. Is that good? good. All right. In every church, in every ministry, in every room, I promise you will find number one, someone in need. Someone in need. And we see this story, right? There is, there is one person that was in need. There was a paralyzed man that wasn't able to walk. He, he couldn't walk. He would have literally, um, he would have probably been a beggar. Probably he had to beg to go anywhere, right? Like, 
If he wanted to go to McDonald's, he had to ask people to help him, right, to get a McDonald's, right? It was just right there in the Jewish corner, right? So, like, if you take, right, I'm just kidding, okay? I don't know the streets back in the day, but I'm not that, that smart. But in order for him to get anywhere, he got to sit on a mat and expect four guys to, that are very strong that will pick him up and just move him around and, and carry him across town. And this guy was in significant, very, very significant need. He, he was dependent upon people around him. Let's, uh, if we give him a name, a pastor friend named him Pete, right? He, he named him Pete last week. And, and, and here is Pete, and, and Pete is always somebody who is in need. And I wonder, as I begin to look at, at Pete's life, I wonder how many of you guys right now are in need. You're like, well, I can't walk. I'm not, I'm not talking about that type of need. The truth is right now, some of you guys are in need. You may be dealing with uh, battling depression. And, and, and trust me, if you're in need, you're in the right place. This is where people in need should come, okay? If anybody has made you feel like you have to be perfect to come to church, I'm sorry. But you don't need to be perfect to come to church. Jesus did not die for perfect people, but people who are broken, people who are not right. So, so if that's you, there's nothing to be ashamed of. But some of you, yes, you may be dealing with depression. Some of you guys may be going through a trial right now. Maybe some of you guys have experienced the loss of a loved one. Maybe for some of you, you just, you just feel alone. Maybe for, for some of you, you're just struggling to pay your bills. Have you seen the price of eggs lately? Right? Like, you're like, dude... I don't know how am I going to get my bank account back to, back to white or black or however your bank account. See, novices, you know, you just don't, you cannot stand the red, right? We, we all been there, right? Like, I'm just in need of, like, dude, some, some money. I just, you know. <laughs> some of you guys are asking, how am I going to eat? How am I going to pay rent? Maybe for some of you guys are just like, I'm dealing with some anxiety. And you don't know what to do with that. So, so in every church, in every place, in every room, you, you have somebody who is in need. And if that's you tonight, we're so glad that you're here. Jesus has something special for you. That also, the second person that we see in every place, in every church, you see someone who cares. Right? Someone who cares. And you see lots of people who care. Perhaps you may be sitting next to one right now. You just don't know that they care so much, but they care so much to sit right next to you tonight. In this story, you see there's four guys, right? Four guys. Four guys that they had somebody in need, that they saw the need, and they were like, we got to do something about, about, about Pete, right? And, and, and I'm wondering how, how that conversation started. Have you ever, we read the Bible, right? And, and we think, oh, yeah, this guy just showed up. But, but, but really, though, you wonder how this, 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 uh, this conversation actually started to get Pete to Jesus, Right? Maybe they've received him about breakfast, right? And, and, um, and, and then uh, you, you have one of his friends, right? Uh, they're in breakfast, and then I'm going to name him Bubba, right? Bubba, um, he's, he's from Alabama, okay? South of very like Phoenix City, deep, deep Phoenix City. Um, but Bubba starts talking about Jesus, and, and then um, he had a Latino friend, Pedro, right? Uh, and, and Pedro uh, goes, and, and, and Pedro said, hey, I, I, bet, I bet Jesus can heal Pete. And then Baba turns and was a darn straight, right? And like, I'm trying to do my southern accent right now. Like, let's go on a road trip, son, right? Like, like kind of be like, like, don't judge my accent, okay? I'm trying out here, right? Thank you, thank you. Um, 
And so these four friends get, went to Pete and said, hey, Pete, uh, listen, we got one shot here. Let's get you to Jesus. And, and who knows? Who knows how far they traveled? Who knows how much money they spent to get Pete to Jesus? Uh, who, uh, who knows how long they had to walk to get Pete to Jesus? The story never says how, 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 how much they, they, it cost them, how much of a struggle it was, how much they had to overcome to get their friends to Jesus, but they got their friend to Jesus. It didn't matter what was in front of them. All it matters is like they, get, they have one chance to help somebody in need, and they were going to do something about it. And, and so moving on, they, 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 they get their friends to Jesus, and, and you see another type of person. You see someone who is in what? The first one, who is in? Then you see someone who? Then the third person you always see is, and remember, remember, ask yourself, who, who am I? Who am I? The third person is very simple. Uh, you find people who are preoccupied. Nobody talks about this side of the story. This, this house was, was full of good people. That were just wanting to hear from Jesus. Right? There was good people, but, but the reality is they were preoccupied. Wall to wall. Packed. Full house. Packed up. The biggest life group you've ever seen. Right? Full of, uh, uh, so full that these four guys that arrived to this house so that he, their, his, their friend Pete can get encounter Jesus so Jesus can heal Pete. They, they get to the house all to find out that there was no way they can get to Jesus because of how full that place was. I want to I kind of like get into a deeper part of this because I want to kind of set you, set you the picture of what they encountered. Um, first century Jewish homes uh, look something like, like this if they want to pull. This is kind of like a, a Jewish first century home. <clears throat> and, and I want to explain to you a few things about this house, the walls are kind of very interesting if you see, right? The way they were, they were shaped, the way they were, they were made. Um, they would have uh, most likely be built out of a basalt, and, which was this dark volcanic rock. And, and, and they, was, they was sealed it in this certain way. And, and the roof had this type of beams across that, that, that with, with, some, um, with some clay and some straw. Whenever it rained, that, that clay and the straw will compact. Right, and it will and it will create this this a uh, very sealed uh, a roof across across the, across the house and 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 so and when, when when that happened on the top you can see some grass right you can see some grass on the top and and on the top they will get some stuff done some work done they will also serve as a place so they can lounge around and and then the, here's the cool thing there's an open door culture back in these days you know what happened back in those days the door was always open. Think about it. The door was always open. Um, kind of want to let you just, I'm not going to say it, but I'm, I'm not going to say my secret because you find my house, you'll find it that it's always open. But, but hopefully you don't find my house yet, okay? If, if you do, I'll move. Um, but I'm going to start locking my door from now on. But, but could you imagine if we lived in a culture and society where, where doors are always open? Like, what would that look like, right? Like here in America, right, you have to tell somebody two weeks in advance in order for you to even walk through the door, right? Like, like there's no such thing as like, hey, uh, let's hang out right now. I was like, uh, no, no, we, no, we are not. I'm so busy, right? And, and so um, the, 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 the courtyard, the door was always open. And, 
and um, it, it is crazy because the, the door is open, and, and, and everything is open, but the, the, the house is full of people. That they couldn't get their friend to Jesus, and, and uh, the people inside the house were good people. There were people that were just, but there were people that just were preoccupied. They were listening to Jesus teaching the Bible. It was a good thing, right? It was good. They were, they were, they, but, but there was one problem. You, you, want, you want another problem? Stay where you are. The problem is this. The people that were in the house were just like you were, doing a good thing, listening to Jesus teaching. I'm not Jesus, okay? But Jesus was teaching but without them even then meaning to. They were doing a good thing, but they had their backs turned to someone who was really in need. They were such good Christians, y'all, just like some of you, that knew when to say amen. Oh, that's good, pastor. Oh, preach. Oh, hallelujah, right? Oh, yeah, that's good, Brian. Yeah, oh, oh, yes, amen. They were so preoccupied. They were so preoccupied of just, oh, yeah, you know, that they, they, they listen to the truth every single day, right? Let me, uh, okay. They listen to Apple Music, uh, Maverick City, and Elevation Worship every single day. They knew all the songs. They knew when to raise their hand. They knew when to drop them off. They knew when to say amen, and they knew when to say hallelujah. But you know what they did not mean to? They didn't mean to. They were good people, but they were just preoccupied. What they, mean, what they, did, what they did, though, without them even meaning, they had their backs to someone who was really in need. And I'm wondering how many of us are doing the exact same thing week after week. Oh, I, I'm going to get my church on. Amen. And whoever is in need behind me, you can go to hell as far as I'm concerned, as long as I'm doing the Jesus thing. Good people. Someone who is in need. All the way in the back. Everybody had their backs turned to, towards him. And that's good, Jesus. Mm. Preach. People were just preoccupied. People didn't mean to do this. They, they, didn't, they didn't mean to give their back to someone who was in need. They were just preoccupied. Without even knowing, without even meaning, their body language, their posture essentially said to the person, you know what, let me do my as long as I get my mom, my, my, my church on, as long as I, I get my knowledge on, as, I, as long as I cross the check, I'm, I'll be good. We're doing, we're doing the Jesus thing, you know? They liked each other. That's why they were there together. But they didn't realize that their backs was turned towards somebody that was truly in need. So, so these four guys, they were about to give up. and We cannot get Pete to Jesus. How are we going to do this? 
And maybe, uh, maybe both, right? One another, friends, right? He, he says, uh, uh, hey, don't forget, with God, there is always a way, right? There, you got that positive friend in your life, right? There is always a positive, right? Anybody have a positive friend? Your friend that no matter what's happening, right? I have positive friends with me, and sometimes I just want to punch them, right? But, but, but they were like, there's always a way with God. With God, there's always a way. For some of you, you need to hear that tonight. As simple as that sounds, let me remind you something. When there's a God... There's always a way. No matter how far you're gone, no matter how deep in mess you are, no matter what valley you're like, with God, when there is a God, there is always a way. That should preach right now, right? I don't know who needs to hear that, but somebody right now, you're facing something that it is bigger than yourself, and someone just needs to remind you the God you serve. He's not done with you yet. With God, all things are possible. Some of you, you've been praying for your own version of peace. You have that lost person in your life, and you've been praying for them. And it seems like you think like, oh, my goodness, they will never come to God. They're so far from God. There's no way. I'm going to tell you right now one thing. Sometimes those who look the farthest are actually the ones who are the closest. Because God is always working, even when we don't see it. There is always a way. There is a way. This is the way. The Mandalorian, right? I've been watching this. Awesome. <laughs> there you go, Jamie. I knew you were going to say yes, sir, on that one. <laughs> this is the way. There's always a way. But pa- Pastor Brent, I love when he says this. Is we will do anything short of sin to reach people who do know not Christ. And he's right. That is his message last weekend, y'all. It was all about making us realize that there was one thing that is going to bring fulfillment to your life. And that is when you are able to play a part in God's kingdom of bringing people to get to know who Jesus really is. That's what you were created for, by the way. Perhaps that's what you were saved. Yes, yes, yes. Jesus saved you from hell and all of that. And heaven is going to be your home. But he saved you. Amen. Hallelujah. But he saved you for a purpose. For a reason. Let me share with you guys some stats. Just, just, just here. College students, okay? You know how many students are at CSU? 8,000. You know how many students are at Tech? 2,500. You know how many students are at Point University? 900. I didn't count Auburn either. You know what that tells me? That tells me there is people out there. That are waiting for somebody to, to, to just simply um, change their posture from right here like this to right here like this. That's all about this series, y'all. This series is all about the changing our posture from like, amen, that's good. Oh, the overwhelming never. And to like, come on. Come on, would, would you worship with me? Would you, would you sit with me? Could it be that we have become so preoccupied on every single week thing, week after thing, week after week, week after week, and we've gotten so caught up into what's happening in our life that we just become so preoccupied into the whole Jesus thing that we have forgotten what really, for the reason really Jesus saved you for. 
How we become so preoccupied that we have forgotten that there is people out there that are hurting, that are just wondering, could it be that there is a solution to what I'm facing? Yes, you and I have that. How selfish can we become to hold the very thing that set us free? How we just become people who are preoccupied? I mean, think about it. There's a reason why there's such a, I, I, I told the team, I was like, I am tired of making a little circle just make you feel comfortable what we got going on. You know what? There is room around. Just look around. Look around right now. There is no reason why this place shouldn't be full of young adults and college students. Why? You know why? Because here, my friend, we got the solution. You have, and we're not calling here just to put numbers on our system. We bring them here so that we can present them to Jesus. We don't want them in our books. We want them in heaven's books. And that should be the very thing that burdens our hearts. What in the world? What in the world? Would we go day after day without telling people about the one who saved us? Politics won't change anything, y'all. I know that's what we've been wondering about, but I'm, I'm sorry to break it to you. A man in office ain't going to change nothing about what's happening in our world right now. Just look around what happened this week. I got a nine-year-old. I couldn't fathom the thought of what just happened to them. But you know what? I don't put my trust in what one man says. You know, I put my trust in Jesus. And one thing I know, that there is people that are hurting, that are just looking for somebody to say, hey, can I tell you about the one who saved my life? That, my friend, Jesus is the solution. Jesus is enough. It is not Jesus plus politics. It is not just Jesus plus. It is Jesus plus nothing. You and I have it. What are we doing? I should cancel service right now. We should go out there and start sharing the gospel to people who are hurting. That should be the passion and the burden that carries your life every single day. Let's go back to our story. And, and so they're like, okay, we got to get our friends to Jesus. We got to get our friends to Jesus, right? We got, we got to, we got to, right? That's what they were saying. We have to get our friends to Jesus. And, and, uh, and, and so, and, and, and so Bo, they start throwing ideas, right? And Baba, right? That, that guy from, from Alabama. Don't want to offend any Alabamians. But, but you know, he, there's always that guy, right? And they're like, he's like, hey, um, we should just yell fire, right? Like fire, right? I was like, oh, he's like, oh, or, or we should, like, I'll get naked, right? And I'll just run around and scare everybody, right? Like, kind of like he's going through all this. They're like, well, you got to chill out, right? And then you have that, 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 that guy with a sense of, right? He's like, hey, um, how about we go through, through, through the roof and we dig a hole in the roof? And, and then Bubba's like, mm, that's darn, that's a great idea, son, right there, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's do that, right? And, uh, <clears throat> and, and so they climb the, the, the floor, right? And they start, they start getting it. And, and, and these guys are digging this hole. And, and someone else's roof because the house did not belong to any of them. And, and they were so determined to get their friends to Jesus. And I don't know what happened, but as you imagine, right, Jesus in the middle. And they start hearing some. <laughs> what in the world is going on, right? And Jesus is trying to preach, right? Jesus is trying to teach. And, <laughs> and then all of a sudden it starts like falling things on Jesus. I'm like, what in the world is going on with your roof, bro? And like, you know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden there's, there's a lie that comes through. And you're like, whoa, like where did that come from, right? And then you, you hear Bob was like, we're almost there, kids. We're almost there, right? You get that friend, it's so loud. And she's like, well, what's going on, right? And we're like, come on, y'all. Let's, let's bring it all that hole given it already. Count three. We do one, two, three, right? Drop them. All right. Hey, Bob, wake up, right? And the Bob is like, you know, like so, 
Just making this up, okay? If that really happened, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just my imagination, okay? One arm after the other, right? <laughs> just um, stop, Brian, stop. Um, Drop the guy through, and, and this is what happened. This is what Jesus said in um, in Mark chapter two, verse five. I don't know if they got it over there. Um, I don't know. Here, here, here. What Jesus says, "See in their face." Wait, what? See in their face. Jesus said to the paralyzed man, "My child, your sins are forgiven." Jesus says, "Son, your sins are forgiven," because by the grace of God, He gives us what we do not deserve, what we cannot earn. Th- think about this. Your sins are forgiven. That the men didn't speak a word. The paralyzed did not say, Jesus, forgive me. Jesus says, your sins are forgiven. There's nothing that these men did in order for him to get his sins forgiven. That's how crazy, audacious the love of God is for hurting people. They didn't have to say a word. All Jesus said is, my child, you sense the love? My child, your sins are forgiven. But there's one thing that also caught my attention out here, and, and this is the first thing right here. Seeing their faith. I didn't know you can see faith. I thought, I, I thought faith was something intangible, invisible that we all have. But according to this scripture, Jesus saw something, and Jesus saw their faith. You know, he didn't see the paralyzed man's faith. He saw the faith of their friend, his friends. When Jesus, let me ask you this. Can Jesus see your faith? Can people see your faith? You, you, you know how you see faith? I, I, see, I, I can see some faith, you know, but, but how I can see some faith in, in some of you guys' life. I, I promise I can. I, I see your faith by, by, by the way you serve. I, I, I see your faith by the way you show up, even when you don't feel like it. Even when you ha- will have millions of di- millions and millions of things going on, you still show up. I see your faith. Jesus is sees your faith. I, I, I see on some of you guys your faith in the way you give. I see your faith in the way you worship. You, you worship, you worship even though and despite your circumstances, you still surrender. And you say, God, that's what we raise our hands, by the way. Not for performance, not for show, but God, even though I don't feel like it, even though I'm going through the deepest valleys, I still surrender. I still worship you. I, I, I see some of your faith and but by the way, you love those who are very difficult to love. I see your faith when you continue to bring people week after week, hoping that they will find grace and forgiveness from Jesus. When he saw their faith. Now, if you were paying attention, what, what did Jesus do for, for this guy? He forgave his sins. But <clears throat> that's not what they brought him to Jesus. Uh, I want to That's not what we brought him here, Jesus, right? Like... There was, there, was a, there was an agenda. We brought Pete to Jesus because we want Pete to walk. Jesus, cool, man. And you know what that shows me? He shows me the one principle I want to teach you today. Very simple. See, 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 here's the principle. God gives us what we need before he gives us what we want. And that is a good thing. Some of you guys came here tonight. Because you needed something, you wanted something from Jesus. I don't know what you want, 
But let me tell you something. Jesus will always give you what you need before he gives you what you want. And what he gives you is what you truly need. Now, maybe for some of you right now, you're asking, you're asking for this, but God is going to give you that. And because you want this, but you need that first. And for, for some of you guys, you, you want breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough in your life. But you know what God is going to give you? God is going to give you his presence. For some of you, you're like, God, I just want to be happy. You know what God is going to give you? Joy. Because that's really what you need. Yes, yes, God is a good father, and he gives us what we want. Not all the time, but you know what he always will give you? What you need. And that is a good thing. That is what your soul is really going after. But God, I need breakthrough. How about I forgive you from your sins first? Because in order for you to have breakthrough, you need to understand what I've forgiven you from. God, we want revival. Hey, how about you understand that without me, you will never have revival. So how about I give you my presence? And so what do you see? You, you see them in every church, right? You see someone who, number one, what? Someone who, someone who is, someone who is in need. And number four, uh, what you see is someone who is always judging. We always got those people, don't we? You, you see them always judging, always judging. Look, look at, uh, uh, don't be rude, okay? Don't point them right now, okay? That's rude. That's very rude. Don't point them. I see someone. You guys are trying to look at them. You're like this. Right? Don't, don't do that. Mark 2, uh, verse 6. This is what it says. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, well, what is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins, Right? All these young men with skinny jeans, right? What are they doing here? That's not the way you should dress. What are they doing with tattoos, right? That, that's not the way we do the biblical thing here, right? And look, look what verse 8 says. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, what, why, do you, why, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed men, your sins are forgiven? Or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, go home. I'm going I'm to say it again. Stand up. Say it with me. Stand up. Stand up. Pick up your mat. Pick up your mat. Go, home. go home. Together, together. Ready? Stand up. Stand up. Pick up your mat. Up your mat. Go, home. go home. There's an order there. All right? Stand up. Pick up your mat, go home. <laughs> I'm so glad Jesus did not stop for the critics. I'm so glad Jesus did not stop and give time to the, to the people that were criticizing who he was or what he was doing. Jesus said, hey, Pete, I want to tell you something. I want you, I want you to stand up, pick up your mat, go home. Look, look, what, look what Pete did. Look, look what this man did, verse 12. And the man jumped up. Grabbed his mat and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We've never seen anything like this before. Wow. 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 
Jesus gave, him, gave Peter what he needed before he gave him what he wanted. Son, your sins are forgiven. Now take up your mat. You don't need that thing no more. And God sent me here tonight to tell you it is time to pick up your mat. For some of you, you've been bondage to the same thing for years. And Jesus brought you here tonight to tell you it is time to stand up, pick up your mat, go home. You know what that means to you and me? You know what picking up your mat means to you and me? Anybody want to know what that means to you and me? It's time to let go. That's what it means. It's time to let go. The question is, what is the very thing you need to let go of tonight? Maybe for some of you, you got to let go of those drugs that have been keeping you addicted for too long. You don't need those anymore. That's not your crutch. You got greater power within you. Tap into the power of the Holy Spirit. You gotta let it go. Let it go. Let go of that grudge. It is not healing you. That unforgiveness, it's not, it, it, it is not, it's not, it is not, it is hurting you. It's keeping you in the same place because listen, forgiveness is not about justice. Forgiveness is about freedom. Oh, but they haven't apologized. Well, you don't need their apology. You got to forgive them. It is not keeping them bonded. It's just keeping you. So, so you know what I gotta, you got to do? You got to pick up your mat. You got to stand up. You got to let it go. Let it go. Let go of your shame. Leave that behind. Walk. Go home. You are forgiven. You are healed. You are free. Get out of here. Go there. Throw a party. Tell people what I just did for you. That's what Jesus told this man. Get up. Take your mat. Go home. So you'll see all this kind of stuff. And, and Nathan, you, Nathan, you can come up here if you're somewhere out here. Short, I know. It was very simple what I wanted to tell you tonight. Who are you? Who are you? Oh, oh, please, please, don't, don't lose this. Don't miss this. Who are you? Which one are you? For some of you, you may be two of them. Two of those devil people. You can actually have two at the same time. So, so let's look at and recap them again. In the church, you have someone who needs someone who cares, right? Someone who is in need. I mean, this is a great place where, where you're welcome. This is where you should come if you have a need. And then you also have someone who cares for the grace and by the grace of God, that's my prayer for you and me tonight. Is that regardless to where we are, we will be people that care. We'll be people that will be bold enough, y'all, to go out there and pick our friends and bring them to Jesus. Wouldn't it be amazing? How many of us are here? 80, 90? Can't you imagine if we, you and I went after one person? Just one. Just one. I just told you there's about almost about 15,000 people in just colleges alone. That's not young adults counting. What are we doing? 
what are we doing? What are we doing, y'all? We need to be the second person. And for the case, for the grace and by the grace of God, I, I hope that every single one of us will care enough. We'll care enough. We'll care enough. I'm going to say it again. We'll care enough just to simply change your posture from this to this. Welcome home. Glad you're here. Let me tell you about somebody that changed my life. I don't want us to come every single weekend. Just say amen. Hallelujah. The reality is if you've been coming to church and you've been doing this for, you've just been coming by yourself or you've been coming with one or two friends, my friend, I'm sorry to break it to you, but you've been preoccupied. If the only person that is sitting you and your body's here and you've, you've been pretty comfortable to that, I'm sorry, you're just preoccupied. What would happen to our generation if we would just change our posture? What would happen to our community? What would happen to our city? Last person is, well, not really. I told you five, right? And some of you guys are, you said, you said five. What are there for? Would you stand up with me right now? And I want to show you number five. Someone who is in need, someone who cares, someone who is preoccupied, someone who is judging, right? Who are you? Who are you? Who are you? I want to, there's one more that we're missing. You don't see them in the story. You don't see them here. Anybody want to know who the fifth person is? Anybody? Okay, yeah, good. Uh, it's, it's, it's very, um, very simple. I went to school for this. Um, in every church where someone who, um, Someone who, 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 who needs something, who cares, is preoccupied, judge. And listen, this, this is the cool thing about being in this place, okay? Don't miss it. Whoever you are, God can transform and change your life. Because that's why we do this every single week. We do this so that we can move into the, what really matters, right? Whether you're somebody in need, someone who's preoccupied, or you're the person that judges every single week, whoever you are, by the grace and the power of Jesus, you can be set free and you can become who, who Jesus really wants you to become. Okay? That's the good thing, right? We should, we should be excited for this. Thank you, Jesus. We can become who you want us to become. There is grace. There is forgiveness. There is freedom. Right? Right? The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation the old is gone everything now is new if you're in Christ you find freedom thank you Lord you can become who God wants you to become he because the Bible also says he who who the sons is who the son sets free it's free come on who the sons who the son sets free is free thank you Lord right we can become but let me tell you who you don't see it's pretty obvious <clears throat> you ready for it Here's what you don't see. I hope you're paying attention to this. Um, what you don't see is the people who are not there. I told you it was simple. 
Number five, someone who isn't here. I tell everybody, like, what? Is that? Yeah, yeah. The person that you don't see here or in the story is the person who was never there to begin with. Is that um, that friend of yours that, um, that you invited but she didn't come because of all the things, uh, all the stuff in her life that made her feel uncomfortable and unworthy of coming here? Um, what you don't see is that the friend of yours that, that said no because they were just watching the ball game. What you don't see is that people that they're just let me let me let me um, contextualize it here. The people who are just busy. I'm just too busy. I'm sorry. I got too much going on. You know who you don't see here? You don't see the people who are not here. And those are the people that I want to go after who are not here y'all I'm sorry but we're not trying to reach more church people we want we want those people that would just bust hell wide open those are the ones we want those are the ones you and I need to go after with everything that we have those are the ones that cannot do it on their own no more those are the ones who need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ those are the ones we need to bring here those are the ones I want to set you fire you up to bring them here, to bring them to church, to bring them to Easter. A few weeks ago, we had a story of a girl that came through this door. She was broken. This was it. Her story is one of the craziest stories. I, I, I hope that you get to hear her one day. You will from her. But this girl battled with so much uh, addiction in her life. It was like, I need Jesus. No one invited her. She just came in. She, she, she came right afterward, 5 p.m., parked her car over there and waited on her car until the doors opened because she knew if she went home, she would not come here tonight. That's how crazy the story is. When was the last time we did that, right? We show up at 744 because we know doors open at 745. But she waited out there for two and a half hours in order for just to open doors. She comes, she hears the gospel, she gives her life to the Lord, and she decides, I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to get my life right. What I used to do, yes, that don't define me. Jesus is the one defined me. She found freedom in this place. Thank you, Lord, for that. So my invitation tonight is very simple. Would you be a part of something bigger than yourself? See what God can do through you. He wants to use you. How far are you willing to go? That's what our pastor said. How far are you willing to go? Are you willing to go as far as four of you are going for one friend? Bring them to Jesus. Dig a hole. Please don't dig a hole. Uh, the doors are always open. How far are you willing to go? But before you determine that, you got to determine who are you and where you need to be. We don't go to church. We are the church. Say it with me. We are the church. Come on. We are the church. Say, I am the church. I am his bride. The reality is that you and I, were the church. We're broken people saved by grace of Jesus. And we need to love those who are hurting in need of healing. Because listen, we all have someone. 
I want this 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 last this last series to be a pivotal uh, a, a, a pillar of what we do here every single week because we all have someone and we can all be someone who cares because by the grace of Jesus just like you were changed your friends can be changed just like you found freedom your friends can be freedom so let's go it's time to go we can't stay here no more we gotta go there's people out there that need to hear Jesus would you close your eyes and bow your heads with me <clears throat> please just stay where you are part of the most important part of our of our message tonight for some of you <clears throat> you're like Pete you're like this paralyzed man in the Bible you came to church looking so that Jesus can, can give you what you want but let me tell you something you got here because Jesus wants to give you what you really need. And that is forgiveness of sin and salvation. Welcome home. That's why you came here tonight. You came here tonight because, yes, Jesus loves you to give you what, what you want. But he loves you too much that he wants to give you what you really need. <laughs> and that is your sins forgiven. But right now... You may be feeling the burden of what you have done. My friend, that's a good thing. That's the Holy Spirit telling you one thing and one thing only. There is nothing you can do to get yourself saved. There is nothing you can do to get your, yourself to heaven. You need a Savior. Without Jesus, we're just pitiful, wretched people that are dirty. But the good news is that, yes, there's a holy God, and holy God cannot be in the midst of sinful people. And the good news is that there is a Jesus in between. The only one who could pay the price and give you access from where you are to a holy God, it was through a pure holy sacrifice. And he came, he lived a sinless life for 33 years. He was 100% God, 100% human. Jesus came and he came for people who are broken just like you are just like I am he came for people who have sinned in a massive way people who feel ashamed people who feel guilty he didn't come for the righteous he came for the sinners he came for people like me he came for people like you and what did he do he was the son of God perfect in every way he shed his own blood so that your sins can be forgiven. And God right there poured his wrath, his anger upon his own son. You hear that? He poured his anger, his wrath upon his own son for you. Jesus looking at says, Father, it is finished. He died. But the story of the gospel does not end there. The story of the gospel, that was just the beginning. Three days later, he rose from the grave. What does that mean? That you can be rose from the, from the grave one day and have eternal life with Jesus forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen. So God brought you here so he can give you what you need before he gives you what you want. All you got to do is a gift. Salvation is a gift. All you got to do is say, you know, Brian, I want to take that for me tonight. So if that's you, can I just lead you to a prayer where you can do so? 
before we do that, I would love to, to acknowledge who, who that is. So if that's you tonight, would you just put your hand up and say, Brian, I want to accept forgiveness of what I've done. I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I don't want to be the same. So if that's you, would you just lift up your hand? Nobody's looking. It's just you and me. It's just you and me. If Holy Spirit is stuck in your heart, don't walk out of this door. Don't know where you will spend eternity. I see your hand. Keep it up. There's nothing for you to be ashamed of. Keep it up. This is the greatest decision of your life. A few more minutes. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand? Would you just put your hand up? Say, Brian, I need forgiveness of sin. God, I need, Brian, I need redemption. I just want to lead you to the one who can change your life for eternity. That's Jesus. You're not coming to me. It's just between you and Jesus. Would you just lift up your hand a few more minutes? If that's you, a few more minutes. Just lift up your hand. tell you something. I, I see you right where you are, right in the back. God bless you. God is, God is so proud of you. God is looking down at you with, arm, with eyes full of love. This is the greatest decision of your life. And what I want to do is just simply want to lead you into a prayer where you can accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior and have heaven as your home. And there's nothing magical about your words. It's who you put your faith in, and that is Jesus. So if that's you, if you just lift up your hand and you want to surrender your life to Jesus, would you just repeat after me? Just say, Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner. Would you please forgive me of my sins? Jesus, please save me. Make me brand new. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you and serve you so that I can follow you. Thank you for giving me eternal life. I give my whole life to you. You are mine and I am yours forever. I cannot wait to spend eternity with you. Thank you for giving me what I need. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give God praise for those who are here?